Welcome to the GC Podcast, a podcast to help you develop into the healthiest ministry leader you can be by sharing practical ministry experience. Here are your hosts, Kara Garrity and Jamie Garcia. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of GC Podcast. I have Jamie Garcia here with me once again, and... Jamie, I'm wondering, what has been bringing you into the joy of Jesus these days? The joy of Jesus, wow. Cara, without being cliche or deep, um, every day (laughs) I have this sense of excitement for something Mm. that I believe God is leading me towards. And the reason is because I just turned 30 this year. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, a sense of excitement for this new decade is there for me to really like discern and obey where he is leading me to participate. So yeah, in basically in general, I am just very excited. Yes, I love that. I love that. I just turned 32. So we're both sharing in that <laughs> freshness of a new decade and what God is doing. That's so fantastic. Um, and today we, we are going to be talking about, you know, speaking of freshness and, and new decades and, and the joy and excitement of what God is doing. We're going to be talking about rhythms of the love avenue. And, and that is actually something that, that's been uh, really on my mind and really meaningful to me these days, the idea of rhythms. You know, really, like I see that rhythms can be everywhere um, and have a lot of meaning. One example for me is even in, in music. I love music a lot, and I especially love music that has like that strong beat and strong rhythm. And one of the things that I like about that is rhythmic music. Once that rhythm is established, it really leaves a lot of room for like other creativity to happen and all a lot of room for expression once that once that rhythm um, kind of takes place. And so, what what does the idea of rhythm mean mean for you, Jamie? Mm, I actually agree with you, Carrie. Rhythm does give room for creativity. I really agree. Um, for mm. me, I associate rhythm with structure. Yes. Yeah, so once a rhythm is established, others can actually join in and contribute because they recognize the structure in that rhythm. Mm, I love that. I love that. And the other piece that I, I find about rhythms is that they can be really formational. Um, you know, I think about like rhythms of spiritual disciplines or even our worship calendar um, that that um, we we retell the story of, of Jesus Christ again and again and again to be formed uh, by it. How have you found rhythms shaping you? Rhythms shape me in the aspect of schedule. Um, mm. Yeah, so I find it that when I'm able to really wake up early <laughs> to read the word and pray, it is highly likely that my day will go smoothly relative to those days where I have chosen to snooze and miss that rhythm of prioritizing Bible and prayer in the morning. Yeah, I love that. Rhythms are, you know, they're, they're important to us. And so specifically thinking about the, the love avenue, I'm wondering what's a favorite or maybe very meaningful love avenue rhythm or tradition in your local church? Um, one specific that we've been doing even before the pandemic was that we bring... um students from our target school community to join the youth camp (laughs) so that is where they actually also enjoy and be with the church and Mm. yeah that is really something that i believe 
makes impact to them that they're able to experience church in 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 an atmosphere that's conducive, especially for young people, since that's a youth camp. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, why don't we go on and jump on in and see what Terry and Julie, our guests for today, have to share about what building rhythms uh, in the Love Avenue team can look like. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of GC Podcast. This podcast is devoted to exploring best ministry practices in the context of Grace Communion International Churches. I'm your host, Kara Garrity, and today I am overjoyed to interview Terry Westerhouse and Pastor Julie France. Terry is the Love Avenue champion, and Julie is the pastor of Christ Fellowship Church in Cincinnati, Ohio, USA. Thank you both so much for joining me today. I'm looking forward to discussing Love Avenue rhythms with you both. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kara. It's great to be here. Yes. Well, why don't we jump right in? Because this is a rich topic and, and I'm looking forward to hearing the insights that you have to share. So let's just go for it. The first question that that I have and Terry, I'd love to hear from you first. What are um, the benefits and the challenges um, and the challenges of, of an annual Love Avenue calendar? Well, the benefits definitely outweigh the challenges. The Love Avenue calendar is very, very important. Reason being, any kind of program is is in need of, of organization, and a mm-hmm. calendar gives you that. It it gives us a, a a manner in which we can we can grasp a vision. You know, there are you can look at the calendar as that there are four uh, quarters in the year. And as you establish your calendar, you know, you can either pick something to do in each quarter or you just want to do one thing for the entire year. Whatever it is, the calendar gives you the benefit of being able to map it all out, see your vision, look at it all. And then you can take this calendar, which you have put together with your other Avenue champions, and you can... Now sit down and get your congregation on board and get them to understand it. You know, it's so it's so important to understand and be able to have the calendar uh, and know exactly, you know, well, we're going to do this. And it's you're going to also know what the right hand and the left hand's doing so that you're not all stumbling Mm -hmm. over all each other, having the same dates you know, you want it to flow. You want it to all fit together. And the calendar brings that to the table. It's a great pre-planning tool to use, um, so important to have and to use uh, and and to get organized. The challenges that it brings is you can look at your calendar and all of a sudden, you know, you want to do something in each quarter and, oh, well, we can't forget Christmas and, oh, what about Mother's Day? And all of a sudden you're doing all these events and having all these things and, you it, it's gonna it's you don't want to spread yourself too thin you don't want to do mm-hmm. too much you'd rather have you know a program you're going to have a, a event that's going to have quality it's not all about quantity so you know the challenge is going to be able to to look at your calendar and know you know well what, what are we going to do um, let's not overdo it 
you have to think about your manpower. Do you do you have the congregation? Or is everybody, you know, willing to use their spiritual gifts, step up to the plate, and and do this stuff? So, um, the benefit definitely outweighs the challenges, and um, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful tool to use and have to prepare for the year. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Terry. And as you share, the keyword that jumps out to me is the intentionality that it helps to bring to to your planning in the avenue. Julie, what would you add um, to the benefits and challenges of the Love Avenue calendar? Well, the Love Avenue ca- calendar, I think I think it would be, probably be best phrased as, you know, um, the mission calendar for the church because your Love Avenue mm-hmm. calendar is going to work um, side by side with your Faith Avenue and your Hope Avenue. So you're going to come together and kind of collaborate as you move through the year where the venue or the, the avenues flow into one another. And so it, it helps the Avenue champions work together as a team um yes in in joining Christ you know and that you know that's our goal is that we're we're joining Christ in the mission that he is already doing what he is already leading and that calendar helps us to just kind of put some things down and together uh work on that and it it creates a common vision uh for the body of Christ uh it allows uh, for communicating that vision ahead of time. You know, we're going into a new mm. year. Here's our calendar. You present that to the church and the leadership, and it it helps just feed the vision. Um, why are we doing this? What are we doing? Um, it also helps in, in engaging more people because when people are given the information earlier when they're able to do a little bit of planning and say, wait, I'll be here in June. I can help with that. Or, you know, I'm going to be out of town then, but I can help with this one. It helps us to do a little bit more planning. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is in that process of planning. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have to be just by the seat of your pants. You can actually work with with a plan (laughs) and you can, you know, you could be very effective. And I, I think it, I think it helps, uh, lessen the burnout feeling. Um, Mm. You don't go Mm -hmm. into a year feeling pressured all the time that I've got to be do, you know, doing something or coming up with something. It's like you have a plan. Um, You've all come together to to do that. And I think it increases your engagement. We have found that to be true, that the more that we're able to put out something early to our congregation and kind of work with casting that vision with them, the more involvement we get. Um, the People catch on to the vision. They want to be a part of it. And they see the purpose of why they're doing something. It's not just we're throwing an event or we're doing this little activity. They see the missional purpose of joining Christ. And, and so that's really important. And that's really why we're doing this, right? We're not, we're not just doing things to do fun things or to mm-hmm. hold activities. And I think, I think one of the challenges that I would um, just say that I have experienced a little bit with a very well-organized calendar is that sometimes it can become a getting things done checklist and lose a little bit of the um, participating in relationship. And so just to be aware that a calendar is a great tool in taking those action steps and moving forward um, and following the the lead of the Holy Spirit and, and following what Jesus is already doing, but be aware to not allow it to become 
a checklist of just doing, know that we are relationally participating with Christ. Mm. I love that to use the calendar as a tool to facilitate that participation and not the calendar as an end of its in and of itself. Correct. That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, one of the other, um, you know, rhythms that um, we experience in the life of the church is the rhythm of, of the worship calendar on an annual basis. And so how can the worship calendar even help shape our rhythms of, of witness and mission in the neighborhood? Well, I think the, the worship calendar is something that we can invite others to participate in. And so what we as a church where we are focusing, whether it's during the Advent season, where we're going to be doing some other things together as a fellowship. Um, We'll be gathering for some meals. We'll be uh, hosting a couple fun things for the kids. We'll We'll be having some special worship nights. And I think the worship calendar, you know, being aware of that Um, in the Love Avenue, knowing there's some really special things that we can invite people to come into that maybe won't seem completely foreign, you know, to them. It's like most of the world knows Christmas, right? And most of the world is familiar with that. And for them to be invited into a a place of worship with um, this community of faith, I, I think that's a really special opportunity that we have to just bring others into that and allow them to kind of feel the rhythm of our church as we as we we seek to worship the Lord and, and participate with Him, um, and it's a great opportunity to to send some special invites out to our neighbors. Um, it's kind of a natural flow of what we are already participating in, and where we can open up those arms and open up those doors for others to join. Mm, absolutely, Terry. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think Julie hit the nail on the head when she was talking about how, you know, our our worshiping and our flow of our year and the things we celebrate, you know, it it, it cannot it doesn't always have to be holidays. You know, we can uh, have a time of year where we maybe want to worship and really put an emphasis on our children of the of the community. So we can, whether this is the beginning of the school year, when we maybe want to have a um, blessing of of children and and start the school year, and we can send that out to the schools and say, you know, we're also going to provide, you know, do some kind of collection of school materials for backpacks, different things like that. So, you know, it can, it can not only be the special holidays that that folks really enjoy to participate and celebrate and be a part of. But you can use that worship calendar to to shape the rhythm of the community by pulling them into all sorts of other things um, that that you know that they're they're very interested in. And it doesn't have to be just the holidays. Mm. Yeah. And I I love in, in what both of you share this idea of it's an opportunity to invite people in the neighborhood into experiencing that 
you know, various aspects of worship in the life of the church together. So one of those opportunities invited. And we talk a lot about in the Love Avenue, connecting back to the life of the church. And Julie even mentioned, you know, the different avenues, they don't function in isolation, right? They're part of the holistic functioning together, integrated of, of a healthy church. And, and so when we're allowing our, our worship calendar and, and the rhythms of our Love Avenue to kind of commingle a little bit, that's, mm-hmm. that's a fun way to be inviting people in and then bringing our rhythms as you said terry even out into the neighborhood our rhythms of a particular church community and then sharing that with the community i think that's a beautiful um kind of sharing that that you both have described there and oh go ahead julie go ahead well i was going to say you know i think sometimes especially individuals who we may consider unchurched they kind of have this stigmatism of what what church is. And I think the Love Avenue Champion has a really great opportunity to change that a little bit and to, you know, communicate with our neighbor, our neighbors. This is your place of worship as well. Like you, Mm. this isn't, this isn't us and you it's, this is, this is a place where God has allowed and called his you know, called the believers of Christ to, to gather and and you're invited to be a part of that and a place for you to worship. It's not just coming to our worship, you know, it's like it's opening up that door and, and saying, this is for you as well. This isn't just us. This isn't just something that we do. We, you know, we want that open door of, of you are invited every time you are invited, you know, and um just you know, and wanted and and valued and you know it's I just think of you know what if what if the community looked at a church as you know, like my place to go you know it's uh, I think about the <laughs> I'm going back a couple years here but I think about you know the 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 sitcom Cheers and you know where everybody knows your name you know if if the church mm. would a neighborhood church would be where the neighbors could come and be amongst friends and amongst a, yes. a family, you know, and just just opening those doors where it has that just available and, and open to to any and all, you know, and, and that's where, yeah, I think that Love Avenue Champion has a really cool opportunity with the neighbors and with, with the worship calendar and just bringing um, that opportunity and that invite to our neighbors. Absolutely. You know, I'd, I'd like to add, and I think this is you, the, when Julie expresses uh, inviting folks in and come as you are, to me, this Love Avenue champion, this person, I mean, this, this person has the most fun, uh, fun champion job. At least I think so, because I'm this person. <laughs> You're biased, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> But but my my the, I know this word these words everybody uses all the time think outside of the box but this is the perfect opportunity to think outside of the box and get away from the stigma of you know oh we go to church and we you know there's there's a separate a certain protocol that everyone thinks they need to do or am I good enough you know I, I am I going to feel comfortable am I going to dress okay and it's just um, to be able to think outside of the box with your pastor and think of things that the Love Avenue Champion can um, 
bring the community in and make them feel welcomed and make them feel a part of it and not so walk in and, you know, really be on eggshells. It's, uh, it's fun. It's really fun to think of the different ideas and things you can do, um, whether it's in your church with your congregation, in this worship calendar, you know, rhythm that you're talking about, or an event outside of your doors, you know, whether it's on your property or out in the neighborhood. Yeah, and I think what, what you all are saying is really important because it, it speaks about more than just the logistics of, of rhythms and how do we decide when and what events to do or programs or, or how to do things. But you're really speaking to the nature of how we form our, our way of thinking of mission and presence in a, in a community and, and the way um, you can think of, of this intermingling of the worship calendar and, and the Love Avenue calendar is what I'm hearing, this, this way of kind of tearing down these, these um, walls that, that say, well, this is church and this is not church, right. you know? <laughs> this oh, is where, you know, you have to behave this way and this is where you have to behave a certain way or think this way. And just tearing those things down and creating space where, um, like you said, we can be welcomed, where we can build those relationships, where, where we can witness um, in, in truth, in, in um, goodness, with, without the um, having to jump through hoops, maybe. And so it doesn't have to be, well, we do our Love Avenue stuff first, but then once people check off a certain list, then they can come experience the worship, av- mm-hmm. the worship calendar kind of stuff. But they're one and the same in, in Christ. They can they can kind of commingle and those walls can come down. I think that that's a, a beautiful thing. And then if our calendars can express that philosophy of mission that you guys are talking about, um, I think that comes back to, Julie, what you were saying. It's not just a checklist, right? right? Our calendar right. becomes an expression of who we believe Christ is and mm-hmm. who he's calling us to be as his church and how to participate um, in what he's already doing. Yeah, you know the community um, around your church. You know they may they may see your church there, and they may see that you have weekly services and and different things like that. But for them to participate in encountering Christ in the members of the church, carrying on relationship with them, I mean that's that's where the real stuff is at. You know where mm-hmm. we can sit in a space with our neighbors and encounter the living God who speaks to us and who um, calls us to come, you know, with, with confidence. And, you know, we, we don't have um, all the solutions for all the neighborhood problems and all the solutions for all the people that, that are suffering and experiencing trials, but by all means we can sit with one another Mm -hmm. and we can, continue to profess the love of God and we can love our neighbors in whatever broken space they are in. Um, let's be honest, we're in our own broken space, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we can do that. And the love Avenue is just a beautiful way where the church doesn't stay within the full four walls. You know, the church, mm-hmm. the church walks into relationship with neighbor. And, um, you know, in that encounter, we, you know, we can point back to 
um, to the to the gathering. You know, we can point back to our reason of hope, and we can point back to um, who it is that we worship, and and who it is that loves us, and who it is that makes this all possible. And um, it's just a really beautiful. I think I think Terry's. I would agree with each of my avenue champions that that they're they're. Uh, Avenue is the most fun, but Terry today is right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. It, it's kind of like the mom that tells her kid, you are my favorite, and but yes. tells all of her kids, you are my favorite. So Terry, you are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. <laughs> well, even as we're talking about these different rhythms and kind of the sharing and exchanging of of rhythms almost when I think about the love avenue another um set of of rhythms that comes to mind is the natural rhythms of the neighborhood and so you know Terry what do you what do you think how do the natural neighborhood rhythms shape an annual love avenue calendar well I think you first have to know and understand what your what your natural neighborhood rhythm is. Yes. Um, in Cincinnati, yeah. in the west side of Cincinnati, where our church is located, um, one of the one of the many uh, rhythms that the the community really feeds off of, and and they really love, are yard sales. Mm. Uh, it's a it's a a big thing on the west side of Cincinnati. You know, your junk is someone else's treasure, so. The um, the community has has been doing yard sales. Christ Fellowship Church has been doing yard sales for many years. When it started, um, it was held on a Wednesday morning because that's when the the gentleman who started it could meet. And then um, I took it over, and I couldn't. I worked on Wednesday, so I changed it to a Saturday. So we did Saturdays for years. Well. I bring. I say this story. It does have a, a point. The natural neighborhood, the the big neighborhood uh, in our area, all all of the um, crafters and small business owners, they got together and they started their own crafting kind of marketplace on the same Saturday, the first Saturday of the month, all throughout mm. the summer, and it was held on the the public parking lot in the center of town and we're we're not even a mile down the road so this was on the same saturday as ours even though we'd been doing this for years you know they started and that was the best for them so understanding that 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 um was their new uh time when they were going to have their event uh we did not want to compete with them Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't want to clash with them. I didn't want to um, take away from them or have them take away from us. I wanted us to be working together. So we talked to all of our vendors who were coming, and mind you, our vendors are anywhere from thirty to forty, forty-five people that are not in our church. They're mm-hmm. people in the community who sell their yard sale stuff right there by their car out on our front lawn. So we all decided uh, that we were going to change our Saturday to the second Saturday of the month. Um, So we advertised, we put it out there that we were changing. We started letting people know 
uh, throughout the year so that the next year when it started, it would be on the second Saturday. So this natural neighborhood rhythm, you need to know what your neighborhood's doing so that you don't compete. You work more as a team with them. You're not trying to outshine them. Um, It's more of of a, you're fitting together trying to help the neighborhood instead of competing. Um, Our neighborhood also is very big in the fall. Lots of fall festivals, lots of uh, pumpkin patches and and places to go for hay rides and pick your pumpkin from the field. And we also started doing our own little pumpkin patch. And same thing, you needed to set your hours and your time when you're not conflicting. If you're going to have a fall festival, you don't want to have it on the same day as, you know, maybe three other churches in your neighborhood. Um, you need to know their their calendar, their rhythm, so that you guys aren't competing. And there's just the neighborhood to be able to reach out. The Love Avenue Champions got the opportunity to reach out and touch so many people outside of the church walls. You know, when Julie was talking about, you know, talking to people about connecting them with Christ, my favorite place, my favorite place to talk to somebody about Jesus Christ is sitting on a hay bale. That's yes. my favorite place. Uh, out on our field, when we do our pumpkin patch and we have hay bales, maybe around a, um, a baby pool that's filled with corn that little toddlers like to sit in and play. You're just sitting there talking to the moms. And um, wow, the, the, the stuff that comes out of people when you're sitting on a hay bale. I don't know what's in that hay, but boy, it just... <laughs> kind of like did you ever remember driving your kids to school and and I don't know because you're driving and your kid doesn't knows they're you're not looking at them they all of a sudden start telling you all this stuff <laughs> that's what they I don't know anyway <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoy um, understanding and learning the neighborhood what they're what what they like to do are you in a neighborhood that you know, you have a lot of crime and, and maybe you need to help folks and um, help with understanding. Are you with, you know, um, every neighborhood has its own little niche of things it loves to do, the problems it has. We, we all have them. And finding that what your neighborhood's niche is um, and then join it and be a part of it and uh, not compete with it is um it's fun it's just so fun Mm. and i i would add that in discovering the rhythm of your you know neighborhood please just remind yourself and i i have to remind myself of this terry and i we've we've sat and reminded each other of this is that it takes time Mm. because learning the rhythm of a neighborhood is about developing and and uh, engaging in relationship with uh, the the neighbors and with the businesses within the community there, uh, it takes it takes conversation, uh, and so you know we have to be careful not to expect from ourselves you know perfection of like one week I'm going to go out I'm going to discover everything I need to know, and the yes, next week I'll have right. the perfect way to you know connect with the neighborhood. You know sometimes it takes months of walking alongside your neighbors and figuring out you know what's what's uh what's going on and and it takes a while for people to learn to trust you and and to want to engage um and and so 
relationship is is the focus and so we just have to make sure that we don't rush that or um try to try to bypass that you know it it needs we we need to have a relationship in order to be effective um in the community in order you know we could come up with the greatest uh event or the greatest way to connect with our neighbors and if it is not you know something that they're you know that they're, that they're maybe not a need or not something that they're not even interested in you know it's it's going to be kind of a waste of of our efforts if we if we just go out on our own um without actually knowing the neighborhood um and i i know that we can look at other churches um and see some of the things that they've been successful with, some of the, the ways that they have really connected with community. Let's remember that there's a big story before that. And that's a story of a lot of conversations, mm. a lot of time. And and that's okay because there's a lot of beauty in those conversations and a lot of beauty in those t- in that time. You know, I've I've worked with Terry for several years and, you know, we've each sat on hay bales at different times talking with people and you know there was no purpose as far as you know we didn't sit there with the goal of I'm going to get this person to come to my church um, we sat there with the goal of engaging in relationship getting to know people and you know we have we have some new members at our church that conversation started on a hay bell and right. for several years by the way right year after year um, they would come to the the pumpkin patch and we would have conversations. And so after several years, um, you know, they are they're part of our our fellowship now. And, you know, I just uh, I think about the way that God did it. It was it was beautiful. It was not as quick as I would have wanted it. I will admit <laughs> beautiful nonetheless. And to him, the glory. Yes. yes. And and what. I think is is incredible in what you both have shared is what you're talking about in, in getting to know the the rhythms of your neighborhood and, and being present with your neighbors in a relational way, in a patient way that takes time, even if it's more time than we want, is it points to the fact that that it's not just a marketing strategy, right? Because that's also, you know, in marketing, you get to know your market and, you know, what they like and what will get them to buy your product. But that's not what we're called to as a church. When we're talking about, you know, stepping into and speaking to the natural neighborhood rhythms of our neighborhood, what we're really talking about is stepping into the incarnational rhythms of Jesus, the way that he steps into, you know, our own spaces, our passions, the things that we like to do, like yard sailing and picking pumpkins and and sitting on hay. And, And that does take time. And that is intimately relational and not just, you know, how do I get the best hook? And so I really love what, what you guys are saying. And I think that this is a the back and forth flow of the, we share the rhythms of the worship calendar of this church as we also step into the rhythms of the neighborhood. And it's this beautiful back and forth of incarnationally joining Jesus in our neighborhood with what he's he's already doing um, in the midst of those relationships because that's where he works. Yeah. That's right. A- absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, uh, that's where like that, that beauty 
in participating in something like this lies, you know, when you when you truly see that, why well, this is something that Jesus is doing, man. You know, and it's not, uh, we're not bringing Jesus to a neighborhood. He's already there. Yes. Um, <laughs> right. you know, surprise, surprise, uh, you know, you knock on the door and he's already there. Uh, yes. sitting sitting with the person that that you're meeting and and um you know he invites us into that and i that's just so cool you know because jesus could do all of this without us and yet mm-hmm. he says i want you there and i don't know about you but when when god tells me he wants me there i get pretty excited um because i know that i get to get to participate in what he's doing and you know my my God's pretty cool. So um, I'm up for that. Yes. Amen. And when, you know, um, this was mentioned a, a briefly earlier, this idea of not letting a calendar become just a, a checklist or maybe even just events focused, right? Um, where where the entirety of our witness or, or mission becomes just about events. And so I'm wondering, um, and, and Sarah, maybe you can speak to this as the Love Avenue champion. How do the dynamics of corporate and personal rhythms in the neighborhood shape an annual Love Avenue calendar? Well, you need to get to know your companies in your neighborhood. You need to know, you know, we're on the west side of Cincinnati. We're not near downtown, um, but we do have some businesses around us. Um, We have a lot of other schools around us. We have other churches around us. Um, So I think it's very important to get to know you know, I know Julie not too long ago, uh, I think you had lunch, uh, but had a meal, broke bread, had spent some time with other pastors in some of the other churches in our area. You know, they weren't GCI churches. They were, you know, the Methodist guy and the and the Baptist guy. And, the, you know, it was a group of them that got together. And I just think it's, um, it's really important to understand... Uh, the, the corporate and how are they, how are they entrenched? You know, can you tag team and work together on something together? Um, and even if they're already start, you know, have implemented something, can we help? You know, is there mm-hmm. something you're doing that, that, uh, that we can help? We have one of our um, members of our congregation is a principal of a school, you know, and it, it's like, okay, he's a, he's a principal. He has a school. It's in our neighborhood wow, this is just like a glove is going on. How can we make this, how can we help this principal? How can we help his teachers? How can we help these students? What, what can we do to help and bring them um, into a relationship of, oh, we're just not here to give you a backpack. You know, teachers, can we come here to give you a cup of coffee and a prayer before you start your new school year? I mean, it, I think understanding and knowing, like it said, like you said, the corporate, the personal, the missions of your community, um, that that's going to help you to direct your events and your outreach programs of, of the neighborhood of how can we connect with them? How can we how can we introduce them to Jesus Christ? How can they see see it through us, the love the love that we have and the love and the caring and the outreach that we want to do, you know, let our light shine. How, how can we do that? And knowing, 
them and where they're coming from and what they're involved in is very helpful. Yeah, and even, you know, as you're saying that, it's it's an opportunity to keep an eye out for um, and discern for strategic partnerships in the neighborhood. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Julie, would you add anything to um, that? Well, I, I think it's important to remember, you know, God has given our church a mission. Um, and he has specifically, he's specifically working within the neighborhood. And he has invited us to join in that. But also remember, we're not in competition with the church across the street. I'm not in competition. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm interested in in uh, people uh, encountering Jesus and and um, getting to know Him. I'm I'm interested in in the kingdom of God growing, and um, you know, so my my brother or sister across the street in that church, you know, I, it's not a competition for me. It's it's something where. Yes. For, to love them well, I want to know how can I how can I support you and how can I how can I further what you're doing as well? You know what God has given you to do and um, and and I think a lot of that is just relationally, you know, knowing each other and and um, sitting together and, and I know that the the church across the street they happen to have a pantry and you know I. I I had a couple members, they wanted to do a, a bigger pantry at our church. We have a small one so that if somebody comes in, we can we can give them, you know, items. We don't leave them empty-handed or anything like that. But the church across the street literally is a, a full pantry. And so instead of us opening up a full pantry, I have that information. We have, we can give some some things to people, but I always encourage them, hey, across the street, our brothers and sisters, they, they actually have this pantry. And so we try to support them. And I've, I've spoken to them about, you know, what can we, what can we do to, to help out? And so we're, we're talking about the best way to support them and that. And at that same time, that conversation came to, well, how can we support you guys? You know, what's, the, mm. what's, what's mm-hmm. something that God has given you in this community that you're engaged in and how can we support you with that? So I think it's just important to, to look at our, um, you know, the, the neighbors, uh, the, the businesses and, and the churches. We're not competing. Um, we're, we're in this together. Um, and we can, we can, believe me, there are enough people who do not know the Lord, there are enough people that they could fill up all these churches. Um, so we could trust God's lead and his gathering there. Um, I just want to, you know, I, 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 I long to be obedient to that invitation that he's given us to participate. And he's, he figures out how that works, you know, um, and, and the, you know, the businesses and the churches, they're going to be doing VBSs. They're going to be doing other things to reach out to the community. And and I think as we are knowledgeable of those things, we can we can become something that complements that. And um, and they and, and in turn, they can also complement what we're doing. And it can just be a, a nice rhythm for the community. Mm. Absolutely. And we were created for relationships. So there's a sense where we really are better together. And, you know, there's also something that you said earlier, Terry, that makes me think of because there's um, 
you know, I think different layers, multiple layers to this, these dynamics of corporate and personal missional rhythms as as a church community. And I think you guys have touched on that really important layer. We're not in competition with others in our neighborhood. We can actually partner um, for the mission that God has given us. And then I think that there's also this idea of um, within the the gathering church community, we can be on mission together and we can live lives that are sent as as disciples in our day-to-day life. And so when you were talking earlier, Terry, you said something about, you know, it's really tempting with a calendar. Be like, well, we have to do an event for everything, but we don't want to spread ourselves too thin. Right. And I think even that can speak to this dynamic of corporate and personal missional rhythms. If we do an event for everything, then we're always on mission in a programmatic way, corporately together as as a church, a gathering church body. And then when do we have space for those personal lunches to just break bread and get to know people in the neighborhood or to get to know those organizations or businesses or other churches because we're always event planning, right? Right, right? And so I think you made a very important point about not spreading ourselves too thin because there are multiple ways in which we're called to engage and mission and corporate, you know, um, level event type things and strategic partnerships is one way, but just living our lives as sent people and doing things like having time to grab that coffee um, is, is also part of that and how we structure our church activities can sometimes um, impact whether we have time for that coffee with our neighbor, right? Right. So I thought that was very insightful, Terry. So thank you for sharing that. Three words. Quality, not quantity. Yes. Amen. Amen. And you both have already, um, you know, spoken a little bit to this. I'm wondering if you have any more that you would like to add on um, how does an annual Love Avenue calendar support collaboration between the avenues? Well, I think first, I wouldn't say that the that the Love Avenue Avenue calendar that I, I look at this as more the three different avenues support each other. It isn't it isn't all about just the love avenue. You know how is it going to make the other two work so that we're we're not separate. I think it needs to be looked at that it's a well oiled machine mm-hmm. and that they feed into each other and that they all work together towards the same goal. Um, I've used this example before, and I'll mention it again. You know, a, a perfect example of the three, the three avenues working together are, you know, maybe one of the avenues talks about we're going to do this, um, and let's just the example I'll use is a new member class. Well, that's great. So, so let's let's have our new member class, and and the faith avenue is getting those classes and and what they're learning and everything. And then afterwards, they're going to have an opportunity to have a potluck with the congregation and get to know the the congregation and feel loved and a part of the church. Well, then, as I know, as the Love Avenue champion, if I know these things are going on, then I'm going to say, you know, could we maybe do this in like August, kind of like right before fall? I don't know when you're thinking of doing these classes so that right after they feel a part of the congregation and well-loved, then they can step into 
we have our pumpkin patch in October. Well, then could we do it right before that so that now they can join the church in this opportunity of being a part of the neighborhood and being a part of this pumpkin patch and what it entails. So it kind of just all three avenues just flowed from one Mm. to the other and helping these new members become a part of not only a church, not only a part of a neighborhood, but a part of a relationship with Christ. And it just kind of all fit together just so perfectly. So the three work as one in in my mind. And and it's so important to be not only the, the Love Avenue champion has some folks under her or him that are their their right hand, left hand man to do the different things that the Love Avenue does. But those champions have to also sit together with their pastor and really work together so that this collaboration of the avenues is just one unit and they're working together towards this the same goal of connecting with the community and, and uh, you know, even meeting. I mean, meeting once a month, you know, purposely sitting down with them and meeting with the pastor there as well is so vital to make this to make this whole faith hope love champion achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve yes and thank you for putting that you know um so eloquently terry that that they're flowing together that that they're really working together as one um, well-oiled machine because I think really that's that's the point right is that they're not functioning in their own kind of little corner isolated from each right. other right. and when we have the intentionality of that calendar like the example that you shared I think is incredible then then we can have as avenue champions and pastor that conversation in advance about you know how can we help make this flow how can we help create an experience that does flow from one avenue to the next so that we're collaborating and integrated versus just haphazardly doing things whenever we remember or feel like it. So that was an excellent real life example. Julie, is there anything that you would um, add about how uh, collaboration is facilitated between the avenues when we have calendars? Yes, you know, it's, I think these, these three avenues, um, I'm, I'm not really sure who was the mastermind between behind these, (laughs) but I really see this, um, really see this as, as our, uh, faith rhythms, you know, um, it's mm-hmm. as we, as we live out, uh, our walk with the Lord, you know, it's like we, we come into these rhythms with him and there is a, there is a building and then there's an expression of, as we come to, to know and, and experience and encounter the Lord, um, you know, we, and we get sharpened by one another. It's like that, leads to an expression of of love and relationship right and we we go into the we go in sit with our neighbors we go into the neighborhood and we and you know we sit in this encounter with christ and and it's almost like i I realize we're not saying this but it's almost like you know john the baptist when he behold the Mm. lamb of god like that's he's here you know and we get to do that. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that we go stand on the corner and say, "Behold, the Lamb of God." <laughs> like, yeah, but we get to sit in these relationships with our neighbors and behold, the Lamb of God is 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 in those relationships with us. And then we get to um, we get to 
you know, encourage uh, stepping into that that hope avenue of where we we worship and and we've encountered the Lord and we are worshiping Him and we we long to go deeper and then we go into the faith. You know, it's just it's a it's a b- beautiful rhythm for every single member of our church. And so, even though Terry is the Love Avenue champion, she has rhythm in the Hope ad- Avenue and rhythm in the Faith Avenue. She right. will, you know, mm. she's she will be active in each of those in a different way than being the champion that she is in in the Love Avenue. But she, these are going to be. This is also active part of her faith is each of those mm. avenues, and it's going to be mm-hmm. an active part of our faith, you know, as a community. Um, and and you know that working on that calendar, it becomes an active. Um, testimony basically of what God is doing in our fellowship. It's like it, it becomes something that we sit there and go, wow, God is moving here and, and we have an opportunity for this. And, you know, uh, I, I think that anytime you go to put together a calendar, I, I, I think it would be more than beneficial to have all three Avenue champions together um, right. casting that vision and and bouncing ideas off of each other. And I think it's I think it's also very important for them to meet regularly as an entire group so that they Mm. can continue to have that one vision and um, that collaboration together in this. And I think that eliminates some of those feelings of the whole world on your shoulders. I got to do this all by myself. You know, it, it, it helps eliminate some of that and. Um, and it helps us to to maintain our focus on Christ. We might make it about ourselves sometimes. We get overwhelmed, and we think we've got to pull off the perfect event or whatever's going on. But those those regular gatherings really, it's like get the focus off myself. And Lord, what are you doing? And this is awesome. We're in this together. And Lord, you know, you've included me, and and you've included our church. And you know, you you sit in a place of gratitude more so than a place of stress. And and have to you know it's like we get to we get to do this with you that's awesome you know Mm. you know i'd like to add one other thing um julie mentioned the importance of getting together monthly with the other champions sometimes when you're planning event or you're getting ready to to do some kind of event or even at the end of the event and you're discussing the success, the, you know, what worked, what didn't, you can get so easily, I'm going to say you, because this happened to me. I got, there was a time when I got very caught up in how much money did we make? You know, did we, how many people attended? Was it, was it, did it work out good? I totally missed, I totally missed what the event was supposed to be all about. And it took that collaboration that time when I was around some very close people who I trust um, people who we you can let your guard down and you can say anything and it took well and it was Julie who said Terry remember what this is all about it isn't about how much money we made you know what it isn't it isn't about that refocus so these meetings in this time when you can open up your heart and talk about events talk about the reaching out to the community and you know you can't fall into that trap of you know oh we made a thousand dollars when we did this this is great why don't we do this next time and maybe we'll make two 
Well, it's not about <laughs> that. It wasn't about mm-hmm. that. And I fell right down in that hole. And in, and I have to compliment Julie. Uh, you pulled me up and you and you re, re, refocused me and put me back on track. And those those monthly meetings will do that. Will keep everybody kind of both feet on the ground and heading where you're supposed to head. Mm, that we support each other in being Christ centered as the body. Yeah, and I think that that's. Um, a really important reminder that you guys have highlighted because it is easy to get fixated on the checklists or look what we've accomplished. Yeah, I, um, I got sucked right into that. I really oh, fell yeah. in <laughs> It is an easy trap. It is yeah. an easy trap, but yeah. praise God, he does make us for one another as his body and community as a church to, to keep one another with yeah. our eyes on him. Yeah. So. Well, we are coming, you know, close to the end of our time. So I do have just a couple more questions for you both. You know, as we're thinking about Love Avenue rhythms and annual calendars, I'd love for you to share what are some best practices you've discovered in in your own context and maybe what are some things that you've tried that didn't work out so well? Well, some of our best practices, um, I think, started out with realizing, number one, um, do we have the manpower? You can have this wonderful idea, um, you know, going out and getting to know your community and mapping your neighborhood and going door to door. You know, that works out great. You can do that with one, two, three people. But if you're going to pull off an event, you need to make sure you know you've got your manpower. You've got the folks that are going to be able to um, put it all together. And it's interesting, um, this question was one of the questions because we do a pumpkin patch every year, and that's one of our bigger events. And I've talked to some folks about the pumpkin patch, and you know, so, so this person's going to maybe set up the maze, and this person's going to do the food, and these people will be setting up the different, you know, there's so many things that need to be preliminary done before the, the patch opens up. So that you've got all these tasks organized, and, and who's supposed to do what, and then, but you need to be able to have those people to, that you can say, okay, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to stand? What do you want me to man? And it's, you just spread open your arms and you just say, I want you to just go out there in the field and talk to people. Just go out there and meet them and talk to them. Sit on that hay bale and and have a conversation. And it doesn't mean every person you meet, you're going to be able to solve all their problems. But the point is, when you've got your different outreach programs, you not only have to have your worker bees to be able to get all the dots and T's crossed and dots dotted, but you need to make sure you have the folks that are going to be your folks that are going to spend the time to talk to people, to listen mm. to people, and to be able to, you know, not be afraid to say, well, you know, have you ever heard of this, uh, of this, of a, of a triune God? Do you know what that is? Do you know what? Jesus Christ is? Do you know who the Holy Spirit is? And to be able to talk to them about uh, relationship with Christ. And, uh, you know, it, it isn't all about worker bees. 
And that was probably as, as we talk about our different rhythms and the different things we do at Christ Fellowship Church. And, you know, there are some big ones that we do that, that require some folks and understanding your congregation and their gifts and knowing, you know, well, I can, I can put an extrovert and an introvert together and wow, watch what happened. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. It's awesome. I've put two people together that I just didn't think would, uh, it just kind of, and it wasn't me. It was all Jesus Christ. Because when these two people got together, I mean, the one person could talk about anything to anybody and the other person was dealing with other things. It just was perfect. And, you know, I think when you're having and planning these events, if you can just step back and let Christ lead it and let God lead you, to listen and sit with him and listen to his ideas and what he has to say. Um, I've really, it, it's a, it's a, 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 almost like a, a growing experience to be able to let somebody else lead and not try to take control and take over and do this gigantic magical thing, just to let go and let God lead your, lead you, let the Holy Spirit lead you into this. Um, we have, uh, had some that didn't work out so well. We've flopped on a few. Uh, I certainly, uh, will admit that. Uh, and we learned from them, you know, mm -hmm. we, um, mm -hmm. we, we maybe had something that it took, it was a very labor intense, you know, we did a T-ball that was open to the community and we had like 10 teams 10 kids each. We had coaches. We announced them. We played songs. It was indoors in our church, rain or shine. It was phenomenal. And it was so labor intense that it kind of took away the, the opportunity for, for those people to, to talk to the parents, you know, that mm. were there. Everybody mm. was so busy <laughs> doing work. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, there's so much more than just the, the tasks on these events with the love Avenue. Um, you, you just, there's connecting and, and listening and talking is just as important as the event. And sometimes we, we kind of forgot that. Um, so, you know, and, and it's, as I, if any love Avenue champions are listening, I think the most important thing is to understand you're going to make mistakes mm. and, and you're going to stumble and it's okay. You know, yes. you just pick yourself back up and wow, I learned from that one and, uh, and you move on. And then it's really important to sit down with your team, whether it's your team, the love Avenue team and to, or to sit down with your pastor or the other Avenue champions and to say, okay, we kind of did this wrong. Let, let's, and, and you discuss it and you talk about, you know, how can we make it right? Believe it or not, the pumpkin patch during COVID, we kind of struggled for a couple. Um, there was one year that was really tough. We almost threw in the towel on mm. one of our most biggest special uh, community outreaches because we kind of thought, you know, it wasn't working and, and we just were knee jerk reactions going to throw in the towel. And um, it took the 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 collaboration, the love, the meeting, the coming together of 
the team to say, now, wait a minute, you know, let's remember what this is all about. Okay, we didn't make as much money this year. Okay, you know, we struggled with putting together all of the games and stuff. So what can we do next year? Well, maybe we shouldn't put together the biggest, hardest thing and let's just do some other littler things. I mean, all of a sudden we started having all these ideas of, well, maybe we could try this instead, or maybe mm. we could do this instead. And before you know it, bam, you've got your pumpkin patch back, full swing, everybody's excited, and let's try something new. So, you know, you will stumble. Some things will work. Uh, some things can be patched up and, and retried. Um, but you're never going to know if things don't work unless you try. And uh, it, it's it, it's really a fun, fun, um, and maybe fun's not even the right adjective. It's just it <laughs> gives you goosebump kind of a thing when you when you've realized you've been able to walk with somebody and sit with them and introduce them to Christ and what it's all about. I mean, it's like goosebump material. Well, I would agree, Terry, that joining Christ is fun. So you can use that. <laughs> you can use that if you want. Okay. No, it, is, yes. it is fun. I would agree. I would agree. You know, it's, it's yeah. a, I, I think that when you go to plan a year, you know, we, we have to remember that um, it, it's about uh, relationally connecting with our, our neighbors, you know, and um, there isn't a manual of the perfect way to throw the perfect event or the perfect this. Um, a lot of things that we learn, we learn through trial and error. And mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things that Terry and I have really seen make a difference is when a congregation, when a group of people capture the vision of who we're joining and whose ministry it is, what changes, yeah. you know? And yeah. um, I think we, we experienced that this last month. I guess it was still this month. Um, we had our first sell your stuff. And, you know, we, we tried to cast that, cast that vision for our congregation that this isn't about us putting on a yard mm -hmm. sale. This is an opportunity for us to connect and get to know our neighbors, you know, and to express the love of Christ to them. Um, and we had more people show up and participate in that than we have in the past. And we actually had a member of the community um, attend church the next day. And she said the reason that she attended church was because of how kind and loving everyone was to her. Um, mm. And it's just, you know, it's like, it, and this isn't like, a, you know, sell your stuff. It's not a big production. Um, but with, the way that it has operated in the past, you know, we it was just so uh, activity-driven, I guess, task-driven. Um, we didn't, right. we, hadn't ha we hadn't cast the vision of right. relationally connecting with our neighbors. And so that, that vision, it's really important to cast that vision and to, you know, work in that vision with your, with your community, because you're going to cast that vision and not everybody's going to get it the first time, but I just continue to invite, you know, it's like, I understand that you might, 
you know, you may cast the vision with your church. You may invite people to, to participate in this and you may get one. And, you know, the next time maybe you get two. But I would just continue to cast that vision and continue to invite people. And, you know, I've, I've watched God one by one just change hearts. And it's like the light bulb comes on of like, wow, like Jesus has actually gifted me and invited me in participation. Wow. You know, and I, mm. and I see members of our church starting one by one. They, you know, start expressing they get that God has sent them. They get that God has given this opportunity. And, you know, so I, I do think that just, I think it's really important to cast the vision of who, whose ministry this is and, um, and, and cast that vision that we are joining Christ. And, um, you know, we're here to connect with our, with our, uh, neighbors, regardless of how successful the event is in any other way. Um, we are here to connect and, and, and love our neighbors, you know? Mm. Absolutely. Those are excellent insights. Thank you both for sharing that. And before we wrap up our time, are there any final words that you would like to share with our listeners? I guess my final words would be directed to the Love Avenue champions. And I think when all this champion stuff started um, and, you, and you were asked to be a, a, a leader in this avenue, I think the the initial feeling was a bit of overwhelming. Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is this is uh, uh, you're putting a lot on my plate. Um, after you get through that emotion and you grasp what it is that you're trying to accomplish, you know you're not trying to accomplish the biggest and the best event mm. of the year. You're not mm -hmm. trying to accomplish, you know, a whole lot of cool stuff and, you know, wow, we're the cool church with all the bells <laughs> and whistles. I mean, when you just stay focused, like what Julie said, on that vision of, of just, of, of joining Christ in relationships, you know, that, that's such a foreign word, I think, to so many people, relationships. And um, events, um, going door to door, this love avenue is all, is all about relationships. I mean, you could almost be called the relationship champion. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. this, this is um, um, something that it, it's not meant to overwhelm people and it's not meant to put so much on your plate that you think you got to do it all. Because, you know, you, you're given tools um, and, and the calendar, we've talked about the calendar this whole podcast. The calendar is one of your tools to help you not get overwhelmed mm. and to keep you grounded and organized. And same with the other, other champions. They are there to keep you grounded and keep you focused. So, you know, use these tools Christ has given you. Don't try to do it all by yourself. And that would be the main thing that, that uh, I, I would hope to have people take away from this. 
Mm, thank you for those wise final words, Terry. I appreciate it. And Julie, what about you? Some final words for our listeners? Well, I, I would just encourage all who are embarking um, in this expression of love to their neighbors, um, just remember that Jesus goes, he is, he is there, he is with us. This is not something that we are creating or making happen. It, it is already what Jesus is doing. Jesus is already loving our neighbors. And um, he has asked us to come and be in that relationship. Um, the weight of all this other stuff, it's not on us. You know, it's, it, mm-hmm. he's already, he's already made, he already makes those paths for us. And we can trust that lead. We can trust his lead in difficult, you know, if you don't know how to connect with someone, just, you know, it's, we, we can trust the lead of, of the Lord. Um, if he has asked us to come and he has, by the way, um, he has, he has (laughs) sent the church, uh, and we are the church. He is, he, he, his provision is abundant. It is enough. Mm -hmm. We can trust that. And the love Avenue is nothing without Christ. Um, and, but with him, oh, the wonders, you know, um, I'm always reminded of, you know, in, in Christ, I can do all things, but I'm also reminded that without him, nothing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as, as we began the journey of a love Avenue, let's not take a step without him. Um, and and let's, let's let him be the lead. Let's let him be the strength. Let's let him, you know, um, give that invitation of where and how and you know that let's let's trust that his lead is good and perfect and you know it doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes because sometimes that's the way he allows us to learn and 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 sometimes it's in the failures of life that we grow so much and you know i think about some of the things at our church that haven't gone so well and yet some of the beauty that's come out of those things um Mm. god knows what he's doing and you know, I'm not going to stand here and say, I know what I'm doing and all of this. And, and Terry, she knows how I mean this. Terry doesn't know what she's doing and all of this either, you know, cause <laughs> we're, we're following, you know, this right. isn't, this isn't our expertise, but we have had the wonderful invitation to join Christ in this. We have had the opportunity to participate in this and we can say God is good and faithful. And so just remember that. And as you embark, God is good and he is faithful. Amen. Thank you, Julie, for those words. And as we wrap up, we are not quite done with the fun yet. I have a couple of random questions for you all, and you both can answer whatever comes to mind first. There are no right or wrong answers. Whatever is true or good. Um, And then we'll have a little bit of fun with it. So are you all ready? Okay. All right. So our first question is, what is your favorite plant? I love an aloe vera plant. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Terry, what about you? Your favorite plant? That's a tough one because I'm a big yard flower person, but I would have to go with uh, a viburnum. Okay. Very nice. (laughs) 
If you could only listen to one genre of music for the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> well, my, mine's going to be Christian, so that's all I ever listened to. Okay, okay. Like contemporary worship music yeah. genre of Christian? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Julie, what about for you? Gosh, this is it seems like an impossible question for me because I am like a mixed <laughs> girl. I love like I there are songs I love from everything. Um you know, I'm an oldies girl. I like oldies a lot. Ah. Yes, I love that. All right. This next one, maybe there is a right or wrong answer to this one, but I promise I guess I won't judge you too harshly. Um <laughs> would, <laughs> would you support a national avocado day as a work holiday? But I absolutely <laughs> yes. 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 As long as everybody gets avocados, guacamole and chips, we're good. Yes, good answer. Good answer. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't like avocados. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Have to, we have to rethink her position as the love. I think so. I think so. You got to put that into the ministry description. Love I mean, avocados. Could it be a chocolate day or something with chocolate? Yeah. I mean, you could eat chocolate on National Avocado Day. You have the day off from work if it's a work holiday, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Oh. All right. Final question. <laughs> what would the title of your autobiography be? There you have mine, it. Mine would be. I like that. Go ahead, Terry. Mine is, it is what it is. <laughs> Ooh, I like that too. <laughs> you guys have good autobiography titles. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, this really has been a lot of fun. And I thank you both, Julie and Terry, for being with us and taking your time to share some insights with us about the Love Avenue and rhythms and calendars today. It is our practice with GC Podcast to end the show with a word of prayer. And so, Terry, would you be willing to pray for our churches and our pastors, ministry leaders and members in GCI? I'd love to. Yes. Thank you. Heavenly Father, we just come before you right now just to thank you so much for this opportunity and this new journey, a journey that we are exploring and understanding. And the title of our journey is Relationships. And we just thank you that we are understanding and grasping what it means to have a relationship with you. We ask that you could help not only our pastors and our three different champions and their teams, but our congregations to help them to understand, you know, what this vision is that we're trying to cast. What does this mean, joining Christ? What does it mean to connect and love on your neighbors? What does all this mean? We just ask that you could be with all of the folks that are listening to this podcast and be with all the churches, not just GCI, but the churches around the world to help them to understand what love thy neighbor means. Mm -hmm. We love you so much and we know how much you love us. And we just thank you so much for this, for this love, for a triune God that we've come to understand is our friend. And we thank you for that. 
this is a wonderful opportunity, this technology of a podcast um, to be a part of and to be able to use this technology to reach so many folks and help us all to work together towards this vision of, of loving you and understanding you and growing deeper in a relationship with you. We thank you. We pray all of this through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 You know, Jimmy, I was really struck by Terry's suggestion that Love Avenue events that are planned throughout the year should have um, enough like people capacity that that some people's job is just to be with people and not not just to like run the event. I think that's a great challenge for us to think about when we put together our Love Avenue rhythms and, and we plan and schedule events. Um, you know, what is our capacity? Are we just running the events? Or are we spending time with people? And so what's something that um, really stood out to you from what Terry and Julie had to share? Kara, a lot stood out to me, actually. But the main one was when they shared that they would have time to also meet with members from other churches in their neighborhood. Mm. Um, I like it when Julie said that we are not in competition with the church across the street. I love that part because um, that's what we really have to do, that as a church, as the body of Jesus on the earth today, our goal is to love our neighbors together and that we are not competing with other ministries or other churches, but instead we are to also love them. We are also to celebrate what the Lord is doing through them. And with that, I can just imagine the father being so proud when all Mm. of his children love each other and also love others together. I love that. Yeah. And that thank you for highlighting that, Jamie. It makes me think about, you know, the Love Avenue is all about witness and and mission. And that witness and mission of Jesus belongs to his entire church. And so that's important to remember. Thank you so much for joining us again today, Jamie, and for being our co-host for this quarter. It's been so much fun having you with us on the GC podcast. And so before we close out this final podcast of this quarter, um, I wonder what can you share with us about the GCI curriculum on being in and with the word? On Being In and with the Word is a seven-week series that focuses on the Bible and the method studying scripture. It is the last curriculum to be released for On Being series. All the curricula in the series can be found here on our website at resources.gci.org slash on-being. Thank you so much, Jamie. Friends, go on ahead and check out the On Being series. We really appreciate you listening to the GC podcast. And if you liked what you heard, go on ahead and give us a rating wherever you're listening to the podcast. It helps us get the word out and to bring others into the conversation. But until next time, keep on living and sharing the gospel. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of the GC podcast. We hope you have found value in it to become a healthier leader. We would love to hear from you. If you have a suggestion on a topic or if there is someone who you think we should interview, email us at info at gci.org. Remember, healthy churches start with healthy leaders. Invest in yourself and your leaders.